This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop, slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Time to welcome in Joe Ingles. Joe, as always, brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Joe, you are so good. I didn't even have to remind you. I didn't have to ask. I want a win before you come in. I want you to score a bunch of points because then everyone's happier. It's more fun. I didn't even mention it, and you made it happen. Good work, Joe. 25 points and a victory. Uh, I'm pretty sure every week I've come on this show, I've been happy, regardless <laughs> of the result or my game. <laughs> it's just easier not to have to ask you, how come this sucked or how come that sucked? I'm supposed to, hey. Well, we probably still sucked in a few things. Uh, <laughs> That's what... You can still ask those questions. Well, I am curious. We'll start with that. Um, you probably did suck at a few things, and Quinn will probably point that out when, when you watch uh, video. But I'm curious. Oh, when Yeah, right? When he wants you to shoot more, and obviously you shot more in this game and you took 11 threes, does he, I mean, does he really go after you sometimes to get you to shoot? Or have you known each other so long, he can just give you a look and it says it all? How does that work? Yeah, it's probably probably a little different with me than it might be with other guys or, or would obviously um, I've talked about our relationship on here before um, me and uh, Rudy are, are the only two guys that are here from that first year like when he, when he first got the job so obviously um, and even coaching staff like there's only a couple of the, the coaching staff that have been here from, from the very beginning um, or whatever it was six years ago so um, I've got a great relationship like there's times that he'll sit me down and, and show me film and hey you could have been aggressive here or look for the shot here um, we actually sat down the the last day off we had so kind of two days ago um, in between last night and the game before and he just kind of went through some scenarios where I could um, be better be more aggressive um, so you, you obviously think about all that and then um there's other times that he just yells at you to shoot the ball. <laughs> not, in a, not in a bad way, but, but that's what he wants us to do. He knows he's got good shooters and he wants us to, to shoot one more. So hear me out before you comment. So the ball game uh, is in the middle go. of the day, <laughs> our time, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, won't say another even, word. I got like four words out and he jumps I'll, in. I won't say another word, go. <laughs> it, so this isn't on me. Uh, so I'm in the car for the first part of the game, so I'm listening to, on the radio, right, as opposed to watching it on television. And Locke is doing the game, obviously. And he Ugh. says in the first quarter that Joe Ingles looks cranky and frustrated, right? So then I get home, turn on the television, while watching the game, and on that the, the last three that you hit, 
on the what was it on the right side to get you to 25. It looked so good, and it was nothing but a swish, if I remember correctly. And I was telling my wife about how uh, well she heard Locke say that uh, you were cr- you look cranky and frustrated. And when you made that shot, she looks at me and says, "Well, I hope he's cranky and frustrated every game if this is the way he's going to play." So, so were you cranky and frustrated? Um. I wouldn't necessarily say cranky. Um, I mean, I was, I've, I've been frustrated, yeah. Like, um, my job is to, and obviously I have a lot of, of pride of, of what I do. And um, when you're not playing to the level that you, you think or, or know you can, um, it's frustrating. And you, um, I've, <laughs> I've talked to Renee a lot about it. And, um, it it's very different for me here where I, like when, when we're at home or on the road or whatever it is I've always got an outlet of, of Renee and the kids like I I'll finish practice and as soon as I walk out those doors it's the last thing on my mind I'm trying to like race home to, to pick up Miller from school or to, to be with Jacob or to hang out with Renee and get coffee or whatever it is and um, obviously for, for a only a small time in my life, but for it seems like a, a lot bigger part. I've had that outlet, and um, I haven't got that here, and so it gets frustrating. You're almost forced to to overthink things, and like you finish practice, and we walk back to our room. And I mean, there's obviously things we could do here, but it's roasting hot out there. We're playing every second day. We're practicing on the days off, or, or going to the gym, not necessarily practicing. Um, Trey Lyles' three-hour practices, but we, we're doing stuff. We're walking through the, the scout or, or whatever it is. So you, you get it almost forces you to, to, to overthink and to think about it. And, and I think a lot of it for me was I play my best when I am having fun out there, and I'm smiling and I'm not overthinking. I'm just kind of playing with the flow of the game and, and all that. And I, I think I was. I mean, what do we have? We had three weeks here before any kind of games or like two and a half weeks and a couple of pre-season or whatever you call them games and then we, we obviously start the the regular season I think the frustration was just building and building because I knew obviously I knew I could play better and, and I wanted to play better but I'd, I'd play bad and I'd come back to the room and think about it and watch a bit of the highlights of my, of, or like film of the, of the game and um, I was texting Renee the other day and it was like this time on two days ago and I was like, I just don't know what else to do. Like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm obviously trying. I, I want to win. I'm gonna, um, I, I just couldn't get in a, in a rhythm. I couldn't get in the flow. I didn't feel that kind of comfortable out there. And she was like, get up in the morning, go and watch like a comedy show or like something that you just would take your mind completely away from it. Sit there with a coffee, um, go to the game, put a podcast in or something just get away from it as much as you can even though we're in a bubble um, and I did that I got up had breakfast I uh, went for a little walk to the breakfast room got some food by myself and came back here and watched the show um, that was completely irrelevant <laughs> um, and then I listened to a podcast who, who is one of my favourite podcast guys of Daniel Ricardo, our Aussie Formula 1 driver and listened to that all the way up until coach was about to speak um, and I think it just took my mind away from overthinking of, of the playing bad and overthinking of 
I need to be more aggressive. I need to shoot more. I, I not necessarily need to score more, but I need to play make and help my teams. And um, yeah, so you can thank Renee. See, the thank what? you, Renee. That's yeah. funny you say that because. DJ, do you remember earlier in the week we had somebody on and I asked them about Jordan Clarkson and you're never getting away from this in the mm-hmm. bubble. You don't go home to anything. Remember when I said that? Yep, I, I, I don't do. remember who it was. I asked that about that, that it's got to be on this guy's mind constantly because they're never getting away from it. They're just going and back to a hotel and sitting there stewing about, over it. For sure. And if you think about, like, I mean, a lot of people know my situation with the kids and how much I want to be involved and be there and he, he he's got a daughter, um, but he's also he, he's anyone who follows him on social media, whatever, like he's out there doing things he's with his friends. He's playing at he's at the beach. He's like where, whatever he's doing, he's hiking in the mountains in Utah. Like, and it, I think it'll be something that that a lot of players deal with as this goes on. Is it's like that snowball effect of like you don't want it to, to affect you or anything, but. You, you, you just don't, you can't get away from it. We're on the same level, obviously our whole team. So you're, you're, we're always with our team. Which even the I think is we've got great guys and that. You walk downstairs, you see more basketball people. You walk to lunch, you see more basketball people. You go to a game, there's just basketball. Like if you, like you said, like you did, there is no escape really. So I think finding something, um, which obviously I'm not just going to sit and watch TV shows all day every day because that's not the answer either. But for me, that like. 30 minutes before we got on the bus while I was having a coffee just to relax and I literally did not think about I can't remember who we played already Memphis I didn't think about the game or how I played for that two hours leading up to the game um, and maybe it was maybe it helped maybe it was just a fluke that I made some shots I will never really know but I can promise you I'm going to be watching the same exact show to the same minute on tomorrow so I'm I'm curious about multiple things here. One is the level of aggressiveness, you know, when to take a shot, when to pass. And you were definitely feeling it at the end of the game, but you took a deep three. And the, the defender did go under on the screen, right? So you had space. But there was 15 on the clock, Joe, and you were a good step and a half, two steps behind the three-point arc. A lot of times you would have passed on that shot. Hey, we got 15 seconds to get in the offense and get other people involved. But you just launch it. Was that because of what Quinn had said? Was that because you'd already made, I guess, five threes in the game? What what causes you to launch that shot? Because when you took it, I thought, wow, he's feeling it because he doesn't normally take that shot. Yeah, um, I, I think the main thing, regardless of, of kind of, of the situation of the game and all that, they were They'd switch their defense at that point, and they were—they call it red. So they were just switching every pick and roll, um, similar to kind of Houston or whatever. And that's why I think it was Kyle Anderson went to go underneath, and Valanciunas is still kind of further back than what he probably should have been. Um, but as we were walking up the court, I could hear the coach, and I could hear the players like, "We're in red." And obviously, with our scout, we knew that was them switching, and it's a adjustment they do to try and whatever slow the game up drunk the game up and, and obviously I think we were up by whatever five, ten points, whatever it was at that time so um, I just thought <laughs> um, I've obviously hit some shots I, I felt good with the ball in my hands and um, I mean I've actually taken that shot a, a lot of times before just not, re- not recently um, and I just yeah, it, it felt good like I said they, they were in that switching defense and, and Kyle went under probably a little earlier than 
maybe what he should have, but um, I was like, screw it, I'm going to shoot it and see what happens. <laughs> I like I'll that attitude. I'll live with the film consequences. I'm going to shoot it. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, worry about that later. Well, you know, Joe, when you think about it, all of jazz fandom wants to see you do well. DJ and PK wants to see you do well. Renee and the kids want to uh, see you do well. Also, too, we've got a national media member from the Associated Press named Tim Reynolds who wants to see you do well. Take a listen. I love Joe Ingles. I love Joe Ingles. I just, when that guy's on, he is so much fun to watch. He's a total X Factor. You are love, Joe. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> you know who else loves you? And people, you catch people in moments when they really don't want to be caught. You've got a lot of PK in you, actually. You two have a lot in common. So I'm sitting there watching. I'm sitting there, right? I'm sitting there watching the game at halftime, and there's an assistant coach from Memphis who used to be with the Jazz, Brad Jones. And I know him a little bit. I don't know him real well, but I know him a little bit just from talking to him, uh, you know, in the hallway or whatever. You just see people, you know, a little, little bit. Right. Yes, he's a very easy guy to talk to, right? But I haven't, I haven't talked to him since he went to Memphis. And the TV camera catches him coming off the court, and I know, I I know him well enough to know he's got a look on his face and like. Well, something's funny, but he doesn't want to admit or he can't be seen laughing, but he's got this little smirk on his face. And the camera's widening out, and as it widens out, what do I see? I see Joe Ingles leaning over, chirping in his ear, and he got one little last out of him before you veered off and went to your separate locker rooms. (laughs) What were you going after Brad about? No, so um, it wasn't actually Brad at all. Oh, really? uh, it was Taylor, the the head coach. Um, they where where were we in the ball right before the end of the end of the half or whatever it was. Uh, I'm, I'd have to double check. You guys might know, but if I'm going to inbound the ball from the sideline and I say I'm trying to inbound it to the deep, that deep corner, the same side that I'm inbounding it from, and the coach is standing there. If the ball hits the coach trying to get to, to Donovan, it's a technical foul. So I was trying to get the ball really quickly to throw it. Obviously, I wouldn't have thrown at him hard or anything, but to like skim his leg or something so that we could get a technical foul and free throws. And then we and then we still get the ball back as well. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a technical foul because I was going to do it in the Lakers game to, to Frank Vogel too because he was in the same position. Like it's obviously they're not thinking about where I'm inbounding it, but if I wanted to pass to that like deep corner, which we have some stuff that's for that. Like, I actually wouldn't be able to pass it to them because of where the coach stands. Um, they probably think they're out of the way because they're, they, I don't know, they feel like they're out of the way. But And then I said, he, he said, the, oh, the referee said something to Taylor Jenkins about, like, hey, you got to move because of that. And then I was like, like, joking around, like, yeah, get out of the way, otherwise I'm going to throw it into you, like, and get a technical foul. And then he started, like, chirping a little bit about something else. And then, obviously, knowing Jonesy, um, I just kind of like he he could hear me that like he he knew what my intentions were the whole time like I was just trying to get a cheap little extra point for our team and so we were just kind of laughing at it but then Taylor Jenkins was like I don't know if it was at me or anything of the situation but it was like mumbling under his breath and I was like is he mad at me or is he talking like the referees is he mad at the referees for telling him to move but I was trying to look at Taylor to see if he was talking to me or not Um, and obviously Jonesy was. Was I think he was walking right next to him, so it probably looked like I was okay. 
talking or looking to him. But uh, yeah, I'd have to double check the rule because I've thought about it doing it twice now. But I don't actually, I don't actually know what happens if it does. But I think it is because I remember previously, I think it was like Jason Kidd or someone when he was a head coach, like stepped on the court and the player ran into him or the ball hit him trying mm-hmm. to pass, and he got a technical foul for him. I'm pretty sure. So it's just an easy way to get a point if you if everyone's switched on. So you need to definitely nail that down because that could be really useful at the end of a close game. I mean, yeah, Chris... don't cut this part out of the radio show because <laughs> other teams don't know I'm doing it. Yeah. But if, if you think about, like, I mean, I'm trying to get every advantage I possibly can, and uh, I need every advantage I possibly can. Um, but if you think about, it, you're in a tight game in what part of the playoffs? Game five, game seven, and our players to get Donovan and I just go to throw it and it hits the coach on the arm like obviously you're never gonna I'm not gonna throw it in anyone's face or anything but like if I'm trying to make a play and it hits him it's pretty detrimental to your team depending on the, the situation of the game Chris Paul famously has got the Australians Chris Paul is famously he got a tech called on Carmelo once he got a tech called on somebody subbing in in a Minnesota game jersey, with an untucked yeah. jersey. So you never know at the end of a close game when one point will get you to OT or keep you out of OT and get you the win. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, Chris is probably a good example. Even with end of the first quarter and end of or end of every quarter that he's in the game, they run that play where they dribble it up the side and they throw it to him and the big comes to set a big roll and he swipe like sweeps through and gets a foul. You know he's doing the bonus and obviously him being a good player, people are up on him trying to trying to defend him and um, I think you've got Jordan Clarkson in our game with it. It's just a it's and and obviously I'm not anywhere probably near the level of him in basketball like you because he, he's probably probably up there in the top one or two in the league but. Um, he he's trying to get it's like you said with that the, the untucked you know, he's trying to get any advantage he can and if that's his banana boat friend uh, Camelo or whatever like he, he doesn't care like he's trying to win the game so, um, as close as they are they're, they're all trying to win well Joe thanks for having a big game and thanks for getting a win before you came on the air that's just my just my plan there you go alright well you know keep you, shooting Joe yeah right Thanks, Coach. <laughs> 11, 11 threes. Do you know how many times this year you've taken 11 threes in the game? Uh, 68 games, probably six. Once at Miami. Oh. You were 7 for 12 at Miami. It's the only time you've taken 11 this year. a good game then, too, didn't I? Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. You were, you the were other, in the middle. The other thing, too, was, you know, a quick, real quick story before you. So I'd, I'd had I'd shot four by three quarter time, and Johnny Bryant, who's one of our lead kind of lead assistants or whatever, I don't actually know any of their actual titles, but um, was like, "Hey, you've got you've got four up. You're like, you need to get another four in this quarter. Like, we want you shooting. You need to shoot." And I was like, "That's why the one I airballed, I think, when I shot over two guys. Like, all in my, the only thing in my mind was like." Johnny told me to shoot. I'm just going to shoot four threes. I, I don't know how I'm going to get them up, but I'm going to get them up somehow. Uh, I ended up obviously getting a few more. Well, I don't even actually know how many I got in the last quarter, but um, yeah, I got enough. I made him happy. And it was his birthday overnight today, so I'm, it was for him. 
Hey, I, I know we're up against it here, but do you have a DVR in your hotel rooms? Did they hook you guys up with that so you can... What the hell is a DVR? Well, you can record shows on t- off TV when you're not watching, because... Oh, I've got my iPad, which is connected to our Xfinity account in Utah, so I can do it that way. Okay. Well, when you're looking for time, I thought of you, because <laughs> I'm Saturday night, I get home, and everyone goes to sleep, and I've been doing TV late, and I'm still wired, and I'm flipping around. AFL. Yes, and and the uh, the NRL, the National Rugby League, too. Yeah, I'm not a rugby fan or what. So I grew up in Adelaide, where we never the only one of the only states in Australia that didn't have a rugby team. So I never really watched it. We were a big AFL kind of family growing up. We we watched the team from Adelaide and whatever. So um, I've I've actually watched a couple. I've watched a couple of games since I've been here. There's we've had some late practices or, or late. We played that nine o'clock game the other day and. and get home at 12.30 and whatever. So I've watched a couple since being here, and um, it's good that they play it. I love that they play it on whatever it is, ESPN2 or whatever the channel is. Yeah. But it's, it's cool for, obviously for me, but I think, like you said, like it's it's actually pretty interesting if you know a little bit of the rules just so you can kind of get your head around it. It's a, it's a pretty cool sport to watch. All right, Joe, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. No worries at all. Have a good day.